This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Vegamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind. Welcome to Mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health, discussing conception, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Hi, welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. Um, today, I have an awesome guest. Graham Seabrook is going to be on with us, and she's a life coach who works with moms to find and recenter themselves in their lives. She's created the Self Care Squad, a community on Facebook where moms come together to learn from each other and support each other on their self care journeys. She's a blogger and a speaker and a course creator and a mom to an almost four-year-old son and an 18-month-old daughter. Her personal squad resides in Charleston, South Carolina, and I know you guys will be delighted by this interview. She's such a pleasure of a person to talk with, and I know she's helping so many moms out there. Welcome, Graham. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to talk with you. I know you through social media and all of the awesomeness that you do and helping moms. This is one of the first, well, we've talked once before, yeah. but this is one of the first times we've been able to really chat and talk about how you support moms. I'm really excited to share what you do with everybody. Moms are my favorite things to talk about. Like, (laughs) so I am a mom dork. So we can talk about mamas, moms, however you want to say it all day long. Awesome. Okay, good. So I'm going to be picking your brain about the work that you do and how you support moms. So let's start there and talk about the work that you do and what prompted you to get into moms. I love that get into moms because they're awesome, because they're super cool. When I was a little girl, like that's what I wanted to be. I mean, I told people other things because, you know, I was born in the late 70s and so I was growing up in that first generation of like expecting girls to have really cool answers for what they wanted to be when they grew up, you know, and I just wanted to be a mom. Like I just wanted to have a million kids. I didn't realize 
how big a number a million was when I was like five. I didn't get it. So as I got older, that number came down to like four. But Mm -hmm. I was always really specific. Like I was that girl that had like all of the names picked out. And I knew that there were going to be like two boys and two girls. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I had the whole thing. And then I had my son. And then the whole world stopped. And this like horrible gray fog came down Mm -hmm. and kind of sucked up my entire family and there was this rage monster that was inside of me that mm-hmm. turned me into this oh it was horrible living inside that rage monster and like hearing her screaming Aww. and being on the inside of that and being like what am I angry about mm-hmm. like really being there was always a part of me that was really confused like why am I so mad all the time mm-hmm. and there was this separation this wall between me and everybody else and I just kept thinking like, man, nobody told me it was going to suck this bad. Like, what? And that was some real actual anger. Like, the why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't anybody warn me? Were all of my, I had my kids late. My son was born when I was 34. So a ton of my friends had already had kids. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here like, you guys all lied to me. Every single one of you, (laughs) you know, my sisters, my mom, because I just assumed that this was how it was for everybody Mm -hmm. and they were just better at it than I was, you know? And I thought, okay, so everyone in my life has lied to me about this thing. I will only ever have this one child because obviously I'm horrible at it, right? And probably Adam is going to leave me because who would stay with somebody like this? Like I was making plans in my head. I was making plans for the day that he walked out. I actually had this because I was a genius and I was obviously thinking very clearly. (laughs) I had had a whole plan that I was going to convince him that I was having an affair with his best friend and that was going to free him so that he could move on with his life. Like this was Mm -hmm. my plan. This is made even more hilarious by the fact that, like, his best friend is, he's one of the sweetest guys, one of the most religious guys ever. So, like, if anybody was never going to do this. Right. <laughs> like, I just picked, oh, I don't even know. I was person. Right? Like, that was just never going to work. There's just no way. Yeah. And then I eventually told my therapist that. And she's like, that's a really bad plan. Like she just Just laid it out. Yeah. She just said it. Like she just was very matter of fact, not well thought out and that's not going to work. And like, she just started poking holes in it and I'm going, okay, you're supposed to help me. I didn't realize that she was actually helping me. So I was, you know, I did therapy and I did medication and I was eating better and I was going to the gym and like working out and I thought none of it was working. But one of the wonderful things that my therapist had me do was every morning write down how I was feeling just a quick scale of one to 10, Mm -hmm. like not journaling or paragraphs or like, you know, just pick a number when you first open your eyes, right? So looking back over writing all of those numbers. Once you can see all of those numbers kind of like plotted out two months, three months behind you, maybe it took a month to get from like a four to a six, but I got to a six. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe it took like another month to get to an eight, but eventually I got to an eight. And so like every time I was feeling better, it was in these tiny little incremental 
steps and I could never feel it while I was in it. I was like, when is this going to stop being horrible? But then I would turn and look and be like, oh, wait, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is a new horrible. This is not (laughs) the same horrible as that horrible a couple months ago. It was way more horrible. All right, maybe this isn't horrible. Maybe this is just kind of bad. Okay. And then we're going to move up to like, not so bad. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, so it was just this really slow progression and it felt, ugh. And then I thought I was recovered because I don't know, I'm a mess. I thought I was recovered. And it was recovering from the recovery is Mm -hmm. where I found self-care and is where I started reaching out to other moms and is where my entire life changed. It wasn't really in getting sick Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even really in getting better. Mm -hmm. It was in the terror of how to move forward. I don't know if that makes super powerful. Yeah. The recovery of the recovery, that is powerful stuff right there. And that is that period of time that I don't think we talk about enough. Once you can like breathe sort of freely and see above the water and function back in your life. Now you're back in your life. Right. Okay. So like, yes, now you're back in your life and you have to keep it going but you now have no practice in doing that (laughs) because you haven't done it for however long it's been, you know, whether it's been weeks Mm -hmm. or months or for some people years, like you don't know how to do it anymore. And now you have to do it with another family member. Like Mm -hmm. I knew how to live my old life. Mm -hmm. I knew how to be sick in my new life. I had Mm -hmm. no clue how to be well in my new life. So that was like, I don't know, like a mystery story trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And a big, huge chunk of that was, for me, it was two things. A big, huge chunk of that was learning how to really take care of myself again, like from the basic stuff, Mm -hmm. eating, drinking, sleeping, like literally basic food, water, shelter, self-care stuff, right? And then also... I still had this like nobody told me kind of anger and I had this thing of like, I am never going to let another mom Mm -hmm. go through this and be shocked the way I was, you know, I I can't resonate with you. Yeah. I can't make it so that nobody ever gets sick. I can make it so that you know what's going on if it happens Mm -hmm. to you Mm -hmm. kind of, those were the twin things that started at the same time. So I just started getting like super loud on social Mm -hmm. media, like on Facebook, and then later on Twitter, but I'm still much more of a Facebook person. People would ask me how I was, like friends, before I had my son, my mom and I worked in the same company. And so people would send me emails and be like, hey, how are you doing? Your mom was showing like all of these pictures of Andrew everywhere. And, you know, how are you? I'm like, well, you know, I'm still struggling. I have postpartum depression and anxiety and I'm having some panic attacks. And like, that is yeah. not what they were expecting. No. Right. <laughs> right. Or I would just say like, you know, so I had a med change and we're slowly like we're backing off the Zoloft and, um, you know, so I'm just trying to like give myself some grace and take a lot of time with everything. And yeah. People had no idea what to say to that. This episode is supported by Factor. Eating better is better with ready-to-eat Factor meals. And ready-to-eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. I chose the high-protein and calorie-smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic-roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. 
I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food, like I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut. And it paid off. I got the chicken shawarma non-flatbread. These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own, and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breast that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Mom and Mine listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. <laughs> no, they I, you, were... <laughs> can't, you can't see me, but I'm smiling over here because I love that you did that. I just um, totally like, they were expecting like, oh, he's kind of, you know, he's not sleeping. Or they were expecting like funny right. poop stories or like right. teething, you know, <laughs> they were yeah. not expecting like a medication or like, oh, my therapist was out of town last week. It was really hard because right. she went on vacation. It was rough. Right. Like they were like, what is wrong with her? And my mom would say to me, she's like, people keep asking me if you're okay. What are you telling people? What is going on, Graham? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I would just tell her, like, no, I told them I was okay. I just said, you know, I was doing a med change. They asked, what did they think I was going to say? Right, right. That whole thing is part of the reason why moms feel bad, even mm-hmm. or feel bad about feeling bad. It's exactly you're supposed to pretend like you're fine. Exactly. And I also, you know, when I got pregnant, we used to joke that there was something in the water at the office because there were like 10 of us that got pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. within months of each other. There were so oh, many wow. babies. Like that summer, there were so many babies from like April until July, just baby, baby, baby. Mm-hmm. So my thought in my head was, I don't work there anymore, right? They can't fire me. They can't do anything horrible because I'm now the crazy lady. Um, so I'm just going to be loud and I'm just going to talk about it. And if any of the other moms need help, they'll know they can talk to me. Yeah. You know, like I just thought if somebody can just say it and like name the elephant in the room, then if anybody else was sitting there thinking, oh, no, I see an elephant, but nobody else sees Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. you know, and there was no risk. Like there's no risk to me because I don't work there anymore. So there's no, you know, promotion I could lose or whatever. There's just no risk. And so I did. And Mm -hmm. none of them ever needed like or they never said anything. But three of the women who I used to work with, one who had her daughter was a little bit older than Andrew, and then two other people reached out to me for friends of theirs. Uh-huh. Said like, right. okay, so my sister just had her kid and something's off. And I remembered that you had, you know, had talked yeah. about this or yeah. my neighbor or my, you know, so I kind mm-hmm. of just became like a resource without That's even awesome. realizing, you know. Well, I think that's one of the like the benefits and beauties of feeling 
angry about <laughs> not knowing is that you people need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no like that whole like, oh, gosh, I hope nobody thinks this about me is gone. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Because you're like enraged and also yes. passionate at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And there's so much power in what you did. I mean, you just sharing that with those people, you helped potentially at least three other people. Oh, yeah. Yes. At least three, possibly more. And at the very least, they all know. None of them can say, I don't know anybody. Right. You know, like they know me. So they know a person with a face and they know I'm also a good mom. They know that I've had another kid because Rory is 18 months. Andrew is four years. So like they have seen now this whole full experience and Mm -hmm. none of them can say like, oh, that doesn't happen here. That doesn't happen to anyone I know. Or, you know, all of those excuses are kind of just blown up, Yeah, which feels really good. That feels really good. Yeah. That's why I started blogging about it too. I started just writing, I started writing it out on my birthday last year. (laughs) It was my birthday present to myself. I was like, you know what? Just telling all the people, all the things like here, just spilling my guts. Here you go. Awesome. Because I knew I was in a much stronger place and Mm -hmm. I could do it without it hurting, you know? Yeah. And I also had been doing... When I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter, I just kind of panicked because I didn't want to get sick again, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I make this not happen? Mm -hmm. Even though one of the biggest risk factors for (laughs) for having to deal with maternal mental illness is having already dealt with it. So I'm like, oh, well, crap. I already have one strike against me, right? Mm -hmm. So what are all of the other things that I could do to stop this? And I thought, surely, like... A million percent. Somebody has written a book on how to not get sick Mm. or like a blog post or like Mm -hmm. there's a class. Like there's got to be a something, right? No, 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 there's not. There's really not. (laughs) Right. There's mostly how to help when people are feeling. Yes. There was an amazing book I found that, oh, now I'm, I'm horrible at remembering things. What am I thinking? Is that what is it? What am I thinking? It was for women who've dealt with PPD specifically mm-hmm. and were considering getting pregnant again or had gotten pregnant again. That was the only one that I found that was like written towards moms. That was like for a mom that w- was talking about like maybe what you went through last time, trying to learn from it, trying to prepare. There was nothing. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to write these blog posts and see if other people are dealing with the same fear and the same like making all of the lists of all of the lists of everything I need to do, (laughs) you know? And as I wrote, people were like, oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I got a huge response. And I ended up putting that whole like a year's worth of work (laughs) into now there's like, I made like a little email class that moms can take. Awesome. That is just like, here's how to figure out what your risk factors are. Like, let's talk about, you know, whether or not you should have a therapist while you're pregnant. Like, Mm -hmm. here's how you can kind of do some, not diagnosis, but like do some self-check-ins and see like, Mm -hmm. how am I feeling? How's, you know, who do I need to reach out to? How do I make a birth plan? Like, how do I make a birth plan that includes postpartum? Because I had just made all of these lists of questions and I had slowly gotten all of these answers. And 
from other people who are reading about? From other people, uh-huh. from doctors, from yeah. therapists, from mm-hmm. my friends, from my family. Mm-hmm. I asked. I bugged everybody. I got super <laughs> annoying. Like, I got so annoying. Oh. Um, <laughs> because I was just calling, like, there's a couple of really great birth centers here in Charleston. And I knew I was having a C-section again. I knew I wasn't using a birth center. But that did not stop me from mm-hmm. calling them and saying, like, okay, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're trying to avoid a traumatic birth, like what can you do? Who should be hiring a doula? Who should be like, I just wanted to learn all of the things. I wanted to try and make for other moms what I wish somebody had made for me. Yeah. I just, yeah. So it's really like it's five emails. (laughs) And And it's just like, here is some stuff to think about. Here are questions to ask your doctor. Here are things to talk about with your family and ways to interview therapists before you're sick, you know? So good. So it's just really simple and it's up on the website and like, yeah, and moms have been going through it and moms have been, or expectant moms, because it's really, really for first time moms. You can totally use it if, if you're having your second, third, fourth, 10th kid, totally can still use it. But I wrote it first time. Right. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. moms. So although my experience with having my second has been really like having a first because Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything from Andrew's first year, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all of Rory's first year was like, oh, this is what babies do. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I had no clue. So it's been like having two first kids, if that makes sense. Right. With such different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 In the work that you're doing, I mean, just as you're talking about it, I can imagine that there was some healing for you just in the process of finding out all of this stuff and getting all of the knowledge and just yeah. how beautiful to pass it on to everybody else. It was hugely healing. When I started researching risk factors for maternal mental illness and I started finding these lists and pretty much everywhere you go has a slightly different list, right? Mm -hmm. There's like just the way people word things or the way, but even in the ones that I see referenced most often, they're usually like between 10 to 12 risk factors. I have eight. Mm. It took away so much of my guilt of like, it became more and more obvious that my odds of having to deal with this were already astronomical and that it would have been, a miracle if I hadn't gotten sick, you know? Right. And that made me like, oh, okay. I didn't yeah. screw anything up. Like, oh, okay. And then, of course, because I am me, then it made me angry again. Yeah. Because why didn't anybody tell me? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Some of those risk factors were on my medical chart. Like, I had a previous bout of depression in my early 20s, and that was on my medical chart that my OB had. Mm-hmm. I had a really horrible and horrifying pregnancy and birth experience with my first Mm -hmm. child. Like Mm -hmm. I was sick almost throughout the entire pregnancy. I ended up with like really bad preeclampsia and an emergency C-section. Hello, risk factors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like nobody. Yeah. And I remember I took all the birth classes So we're sitting in the birth class and they're telling us about how this is, you know, this is what our bodies were created to do. And whoa. Okay. Leaving beyond all of the 
many layers of issues with that statement. It leaves you with a feeling of, oh, this is going to be fine, (laughs) right? Which I know is what they were trying to do. Like they were trying to calm down all of these like freaked out expectant parents. I get it. Sure, right. But... (laughs) they Mm -hmm. didn't mention the 30% C-section rate. We talked about C-sections for like maybe 20 minutes. We talked about gestational diabetes for a good hour. No. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Oh my, no, that's infuriating. I was like, why are you lecturing me about food and exercise and all of these things with this express purpose of avoiding diabetes when like this was, you know, afterwards when I'm looking back when I'm like, when that <sighs> okay right <So> <laughs> the number of yes, women to be addressed but yes. the proportion at which mm-hmm. they're addressing it is yeah and right. then when I go back now and I try to talk to people really my goal at the moment is I want to be in those birth classes I would like to yeah. give like a little two to five minute presentation to those birth classes about what the risk factors are for right. maternal mental illnesses about what the constellation of maternal mental illnesses are so that Mm -hmm. people know what the symptoms are. And just like a quick shot about like, here's two or three things you can do right now Mm -hmm. to prepare yourself. Like go ahead and look in your insurance and see if you would be covered for a therapist, for a psychologist or a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. or a counselor, or like, what are the levels? What are you covered for? Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to look that stuff up when you're not sleeping and you're not eating and you can't move and you're crying all the time or screaming at people. Like, that is not the time you want to be on the phone with your insurance company. Right. (laughs) It's not going to go well. (laughs) Like, You know, you can take those. This is something that partners can do while you're pregnant. Like, you know, and it's some, and partners, I feel like, really want to do something. Like, while you're pregnant, that's when they're like, give me a thing. They want to do a thing. They want to feel like they're contributing. They want to protect their family. They are ready to help. So you can give them, like, these little quick, small things that are actually extremely impactful and can get everyone ready. Right. So yeah. this falls under the umbrella of self-care. Yes. Also, yes. and, and I know you're big on like self-care isn't just these like little things that we've determined self-care is. Mm-hmm. Self-care is this, this kind of stuff. Yeah, it really is. I feel like we need to take it literally. Mm-hmm. I feel like that it's most powerful when we take it literally. So how do you literally take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. The same way that you take care of anybody else that you love in your life. Right. Have they had food? Have they had water or something to drink? Are you Mm -hmm. dehydrated? Because you probably are, because most of us are. A lot of the times that we think we're hungry, we're really thirsty, and we're just trying to get that liquid out of food. And I had no idea that that was a thing until I talked to a nutritionist when I was looking into stuff about depression. And she was like, did you know that if you're Mm -hmm. dehydrated, it can mimic depression? And I was like, what? No. (laughs) And then she like showed me all kinds of statistics and medical stuff and then I had to believe her and it was annoying yeah. but um, <laughs> you're, like, you're telling me I had to drink water are this you whole serious time? this is ridiculous right. I don't like water except now <laughs> I literally carry a thing of water around with me constantly oh. and I have a group on Facebook I have a it's called the self-care squad 
and it is open to all women and anyone who identifies as feminine in any way. So we have some trans members too. But yeah, they all laugh at me because I have a series of things on my phone (laughs) of alarms built into my phone to remind me to drink water. Good for because you. I'm just never going to remember it on my own. I have Self-care. one. Yeah. Yes. I have one that reminds me to eat lunch because I am not good at that either. Mm-hmm. I get sucked into writing or I get sucked into messaging somebody or helping somebody. Like, yeah. All of this self-care stuff came out of me learning how to do it myself and then mm-hmm. me trying to share it with other people. So you're not talking about pedicures, uh, you're not talking about bubble baths. You, right? I might have written a blog post that was titled "Your Bubble Bath Is Bullshit." I believe you did. I might have done that. I might. I think I love it. I might have done that a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the funny thing about that is that I have—I cannot tell you how many different scents of bubble bath I have because I'm actually—I <laughs> have a bit of a bubble bath problem because I love it so much. But there are times when it's self-care and there are times when it's not. When what I need is quiet and to get away from my children and close the door and be able to think, then yes, that bubble bath can be self-care, right? Mm -hmm. It really can. It can be an oasis. When what I need is to go to therapy and work through guilt or shame or learn how to set a healthier boundary between me and one of my children, that bubble bath is not going to do that. Right. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. And for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using OneSkin for several weeks and all is going well. I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the one skin scientist found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code MIND at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code MIND. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin. That's one skin. This episode is supported by Ritual. I am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical. I have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before I just believe it whole cloth. And I'm open to trying things out to see for myself. And that includes finding strategies for my wellness. I have a historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it, and their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has several other high-quality traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company, and it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable And not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash momandmind. 
Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mom and mind for 25% off. It's just not. So I think the thing that really is bothering me about self-care is the way that we're selling indulgence as self-care. We're selling ways to numb ourselves or comfort ourselves as self-care. And we're not having conversations about things like, have you gone to the doctor this year? (laughs) You know, like you're spending all of this time making sure that your kids see doctors for their eyes and go to the dentist and get their sports checkups and get their school checkups and their shots and this and that and this and that and the other thing. Meanwhile, you haven't had a pap smear in three years. Right. Like, No, (laughs) because when you change your mindset so that Mm -hmm. you start to think that you are just as important as they are, Mm -hmm. all of these things start to fall into place. Taking care of yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, I feel like it all starts with that mindset of, you know what, the most important relationship I will ever have in my life is with myself. Everybody else is going to walk away at some point. Hmm. There it is, folks. Yeah. I mean, right. They're all going to walk away. Like if you've done your jobs right, your kids are going to walk away and have a life. They are. Your spouse, maybe you're one of those lucky people who like you and your spouse die within days of each other and you get to spend an entire lifetime together. But Mm -hmm. odds are that's not going to happen. You know, the only person that's with you cradle to grave is you. So Mm -hmm. you can have a crappy relationship with yourself. I was in an abusive relationship with myself for like 30 some odd years. Mm. It was not a good time. No. I don't recommend it. <laughs> right. I, I yeah. think we should stop doing that. That's a great so, idea. Oh, yeah. It's little stuff. Yeah. I mean, I hope that the people who are listening and hearing what you have to say are really hearing this. And I'm sure you hear it too. Often like self-care. What is that? Or I don't have mm-hmm. time or... There's yeah. something that's always getting in the way, but, you know, there's all those sayings, you know, if you're not well, your family's not well, or yes. put on your own mask first. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw pour from your overflow. Mm. And I was like, yes, awesome. <laughs> yes, because people are always like, oh, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I'm like, yeah, you mm. can't drink from an empty cup either. And I want you mm. to fill up first, like yeah. full, full to the top. Mm-hmm. So then I'm getting the cream off the top that's flowing off. That's the good stuff, you know. Right. When you as a mom feel at your best, then you're also giving your best. Yes. Yeah. I'm a much better mom now. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I imagine that you've seen with the people that you work with, you do coaching with people and mm-hmm. you've seen them be able to integrate this self-care into their lives in a really much better way, a sustainable way. It's kind of amazing. Women usually come to me saying either like they don't have time to do whatever. They have a project, they have a thing, they have a life that they want to live and they can't figure out how to make it work, right? Mm -hmm. Like there just is no time. Or that they're having a hard time setting a boundary with a family member or both. It could be both. Like that they just can't handle something at work or something at home or they're just up against a wall on something. And really, like those really small mindsets that you're important, that your voice deserves to be heard, that you need to listen to your voice first, like all of these little small changes that I 
kind of just hold their hands through because right. coaching is very much, it's another thing that is literal. It is coaching somebody. <laughs> it's, if yeah. you've ever been on a sports team, it is, mm-hmm. it is coaching. It is not therapy and it is not advice. It is just like, let's make your shot better. And the small changes that I have seen that have just led to amazing growth in these women, it blows my mind. And I really only work with moms because that's what I know. And like I said, I love the mamas. So it's one of those things that when you make a mom's life better, you make an entire family's life better, and then you make a community's life better. And the impact that we each have, Mm -hmm. wow, it's amazing. So cool. It is. It is very cool. And yeah, you know, I think some moms sometimes feel like, oh gosh, it's all on me to fix all of this and feel the pressure of that. But I mean, but what you're talking about is not that. It is living your life to your best potential or working towards that on some level. And then everyone comes with you. And then a lot of it can actually be learning how to ask for help. (laughs) Learning how to set up your life so that other people are pitching in. So, you know, self-care means that we're focusing on you, but it doesn't mean you're doing it all alone Mm -hmm. at all, at all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. (sighs) All of that. Yeah. So everybody needs to talk to you. They really do. All the mommies, all the mommies, the mamas, the moms, the mas. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think what's so important about the work that you do in the coaching and what you're talking about is that on some level, on some weird like past fundamental level we're socialized out of caring for ourselves and we're socialized into putting other people first yes and like forgetting our own needs and once you have a kid that gets out of balance real fast oh yeah uh, and goes that's not sustainable no 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 we cannot live like that you can see how we can't live like that you yeah. can see how it's not working. And most of us can see it in our own lives, like how it's not working and right. how just asking for help and mm-hmm. being honest about where we are and what we need changes so much stuff. Yeah, I've seen it even just in the self-care squad, like just mm-hmm. with women being honest about what they need with strangers on Facebook. <laughs> like it, And then you awesome. see them start to change their lives and it is like, what? Oh. So where can people find you? Tell us everything. Everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to post links, but the, they can search the self-care squad on Facebook and that will bring them right to the group. And we've got like 600 and some change really awesome. cool mamas in there. Awesome. It's my favorite place to be on the internet. And then I also have a website that's postpartummama.org. And I on Facebook am the postpartum mama. So you can just search the postpartum mama too. So, and that's me like on Twitter, I'm postpartum mama and on Instagram that I'm almost never on. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I'm postpartum mama and Pinterest and like all of the things it's postpartum mama. That's yeah. I was able to grab all of those tags on all of the things. That's really great. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So everybody listening, go find Graham and Mm -hmm. get the support that you need for real self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Graham, for being on and sharing your awesomeness with us. Thanks for having me. So you guys can tell how passionate Graham is about helping moms and how it really comes from her personal knowledge about how important it is to engage in self-care and really make a change in your life that is 
sustainable and it's going to keep you going for quite some time. So you guys can find her in lots of places on the internet and go to postpartummama.org where you'll find her website and lots of information about her. And on there, you'll find the fourth trimester prep school, which is an email class for reducing postpartum depression risk, which is something we talked about today. You can also find her group, the Self-Care Squad, on Facebook and her Facebook page, The Postpartum Mama. So I'll have all those links for you guys to check out in the show notes. I highly suggest you go on over there and see what she has for you. Find out about the information and support that she provides and see if it's up your alley. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Also, please subscribe and share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.